0: Yes, indeed, we are on the edge of glory here on TSN 1050, the eve of the Major League Baseball season. Of course, tomorrow it all begins for real. The Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees. Our Blue Jays reporter... Here at TSN 1050 and TSN Scott Mitchell will join us in just a moment. I am Aaron Korolnik and a big night in Toronto sports as well. Prior to baseball's beginning tomorrow at one o'clock with the Jays and the Yanks, we have the Toronto Raptors who have lost 12 of their past 13. They are two games out of the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. And let me tell you, they have been playing some atrocious basketball of late. But as crazy as it sounds, tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder for the Toronto Raptors is guaranteed win night. That's right. The Raptors will win tonight's game, and it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with their competition. Who have packed it in? The Oklahoma City Thunder, in their last six games since the All-Star break, the average loss is 18.8 points per game. That's right. They're losing by almost 20 points per game in their last six. They aren't playing any of their guys. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he's hurt. Lou Dort, Darius Basley, three of their five starters. Al Horford, just take a seat, buddy. We'll see you next year. That's how OKC is looking at tonight's game and the rest of the season. And their center, Alexey Podkicevsky, Weighs less than Chris Boucher. I didn't think that was possible. The Raps, they're eight-point favorites. Expect them to blow out the OKC Thunder. We'll talk about that and much more, including a big game for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. But let's get to the heavy hitters. And no, I'm not talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Bo Bichette. Our heavy hitter at TSN 1050 and TSN is Scott Mitchell. He is our Blue Jays reporter, and he joins us on the line now. What's up, Scott? What's up, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You know, you hear the old adages in Major League Baseball about guys' off-season plans. This guy's lost 20 pounds. This guy's put on 30 pounds of muscle. As a beat reporter, how is your (laughs) off-season? Because it's a grind, man. 162 games beginning tomorrow. How are you feeling?
1: You know what? I, I I feel pretty good. I mean, considering I've been in my condo for a calendar year now, I mean... You know, I've uh, I've dropped some lbs. Not as many as uh, not as many as Vladdy, but I feel good. You know, you know where it really gets you—the grind of the season, the medium meals. That that's where that's where the the waistline starts to balloon. So, ask me again if I ever get into a ballpark, and and that's when I'll be feeling sluggish.
0: Well, that's it, and we don't know when the Jays will be returning to Toronto. <laughs> if the Jays will be returning to Toronto, but regardless, the season begins tomorrow against the Yanks. And let's start with the macro over the micro with the Toronto Blue Jays. They are underdogs tomorrow against the Yanks. Garrett Cole on the hill. Anytime Garrett Cole is starting for the Yankees, they will be a favorite team, even against Hanjin Ryu and the Jays. But over the course of the 162-game season, the Jays wins over under total, remains at 87.5. It really hasn't moved much. It's been a pretty stagnant number. Are you surprised that the number has remained at 87.5 in spite of everything that's transpired over the course of spring training?
1: Uh, No, I don't think so. I mean, I have seen it at 87 in places, so I think they've lost the hook in some spots. But, you know, when you look at some of these injuries, and and obviously George Springer is is the key one right now, and I I don't expect him to play tomorrow. We'll see if they, they put him on the IL, but... Um, you know, you got to take it slow with these obliques. And I think when you look at these injuries from a big picture perspective, you know, they don't expect to be any more than a, a couple of weeks or so. Even Nate Pearson, he could return in mid, mid-April as long as he doesn't have any more setbacks. Robbie Ray is going to miss a turn. so you know, these injuries happen over the course of 162. For the Blue Jays, they're just kind of happening at the start. So, you know, obviously health uh, plays a big factor and, you know, it's a it's a young ball club, so you don't, uh, you know, expect this team to, to be one that struggles with injuries throughout the course of the year. And You know, it's an interesting total. I mean, I have them right in that 86 to 88 win range. Um, You know, they made me make a pick on on TSN on TV yesterday, and I I had to go under just because of, you know, the things that uh, need to go right for this ball club to approach 90 wins. But it's a good number. It's a good number. And, look, I I think, you know, when you look at what they could do at the trade deadline, that's where this projection could completely change as long as they can kind of keep their head above water for the first three months.
0: Well, and, and that's exactly it. The prospect capital is there for the Jays. So if you're banking on the over of 87.5 wins, I think you almost have to take into account the possibility, if not likelihood, that they make additions likely on the pitching side of the roster. Now, Scott Mitchell, our Blue Jays reporter, uh, joins us here on The Edge. I'm Aaron Karolnik. Let's talk about the AL East as a whole. And it wouldn't surprise anyone to know that the New York Yankees are favored. They're minus 190 to the win the division. We know about Garrett Cole. We know about Stanton and Judge. But beyond Cole in the rotation, I mean, we're talking about Kluber, Jamison Tyon, Luis Severino, and Domingo Herman combined those four through 18 pitches last season. Do you think the Yankees are maybe ahead of themselves as far as the odds makers go, or do you think they should be the heavy favorites to win the American
1: League East? Well, I think they should be the favorites, but I I do not disagree with anything you just said. And and that's, you know, one of the things that I kind of pointed out over the winter when people were talking about, you know, how, you know, kind of subpar this Blue Jays rotation is and subpar might be me being nice. But when you look at around the division, you know, you hit the nail on the head with the Yankees. I, I think they are a little bit vulnerable in ways. Um, you know, they do have a little bit of depth with Debbie Garcia, um, you know, the guy that could come up and, and really make an impact. Jordan Montgomery, I like, is a lefty. But but yeah, I mean, Jameson Tyon and, and Corey Kluber have not been able to stay healthy over the last couple of years. And, you know, they're good pitchers when they're healthy. But, you know, can you really count on that? I, I think it's a, it's a real question and, you know, the New York Yankees are, you know, it, it's going to be a war at the trade deadline for some of these top arms that come on the market because the Blue Jays are going to be in on them. The Yankees, as always, will be in on them. And then when you look at the Tampa Bay Rays in this division too, they lost Charlie Morton to the Atlanta Braves in free agency and dealt former Cy Young winner Blake Snell to the Padres. So really all of these rotations, you know, in these uh, in this AL East, these these teams are contenders, but the rotations are, are clearly a question mark in all three of these favorite cities. And you know, I, I think the, the Yankees deserve to be the favorite because I, I I do think Tyone is a guy that that is uh, you know ready to to put together close to a full season. But but yeah, I mean, look, we're going to learn about a lot of a lot about these teams in the first six weeks of the season, and, and a lot about how good their pitching actually is.
0: Yeah, if, if everything goes right for the Yankees, I mean, Judge and Stanton, those guys stay healthy, and Kluber, who was an ace not long ago, and some of their younger guys emerged, then yeah, the Yankees could easily rip off 100 wins, especially against a division where the Orioles and the Red Sox are, are playing. Like Those are a lot of free wins throughout the course of the season, but I think the downside for the Yankees is clearly there. And Scott, I want to ask you about the Rays, because you mentioned how they moved on from Snell and Morton, and they brought back Chris Archer, who was with the Pirates, and Michael Walker, who used to be a quality pitcher with the St. Louis Cardinals. This was a team that won the AL East last year, 40-20. and Remember Randy Orozarena in the playoffs? It was incredible, but I'm looking at them at plus 525 to win the AL East, and I'm almost like, I think there's some value there simply because it's Rays, baseball, you know, the analytics. They're going to do unconventional things that just somehow produce wins year after year. Would you rather bet the Jays at plus 350 or the Rays at plus 525 to take down the AL East?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, until the Rays prove that they can't find pitching, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be able to piece it together. And they still have a real deep system. And they're going to have guys come up that in June and July, you're going to be like, who is this guy? And how is he dealing? How, how do the Rays keep doing it? And until they, they, you know, stop that pipeline and that pipeline dries up. You know, I, I think that's a terrific value bet. Uh, you know, Steve Phillips yesterday, he took the, the plus the 400 on the Jays. Uh, I do think that those are the two bets to win the AL East. It's not the New York Yankees. You don't take the chalk. Cause a lot of things can go wrong, and they do have a little bit of an aging ball club. That uh you know, you could be sitting here in June with with a number of guys on the on the IL. And you know, you mentioned the Red Sox as free wins. I actually think they're they're a sneaky over for their total, which is in the high 70s. The last time I looked, may may have creeped into the 80s. Not sure what it's at, but uh, I think the the Red Sox have more talent than people think. You're going to get Chris Sale back. It doesn't look like they're going to do a full teardown. Um, you know, there, there's some talent there. I, I wouldn't sleep on the Red Sox. But, yeah, it's an interesting division when you go top to bottom, other than the Orioles.
0: Scott, let's spread our wings and look towards the American League as a whole. And let's talk about the MVP and the odds on that. And Mike Trout wouldn't surprise anyone. He's widely regarded as the best player in baseball, he's the favorite to win the MVP. At plus 200. So if you're betting on Mike Trout, you're betting on uh, a guy who's a very heavy favorite. Then you're looking at guys like Alex Bregman of the Astros. You're talking about Aaron Judge. You're talking about Jose Ramirez, Anthony Rendon. So there's there's other guys, but let's look at some of the Jays. And it seems pretty far-fetched that a guy like Vlad Jr. at plus 2200 or George Springer could... Could win a plus twenty five hundred, but do you see anyone down the board? And let's take Mike Trout out of the equation, where there could be some value for the American League MVP.
1: Well, look, I look at teams obviously first and foremost that are going to make the playoffs. And when you look at, uh, you know, you look at Jose Ramirez. I don't know that the the Cleveland Indians are going to make it there. I would look at a guy like, you know, if you're if you want to bet some Blue Jays. I mean, bet Bo Bichette for 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 MVP because if they, you know, sneak into that low 90s wins, if they make the playoff, it's going to be a guy that that comes from one of those teams. And um, Shohei Ohtani is out there. I know you, you know go. you sent you sent me My an guy. email about him the other the other night and. You know, I, I don't think that's a crazy bet. I, I as, a, as a World Series pick yesterday uh, during our, our TV spot for TSN Edge. Um, you know, I looked at the St. Louis Cardinals at 25 to one, and the and the uh, the Los Angeles Angels at uh, at 40 to one. And I, you know, we've been talking about this Angels team for a number of years now, obviously because of Mike Trout, and they just haven't been able to put the pitching together. And when you look at what they've done, Alex Cobb, Andrew Heaney's coming back. Um, Otani unfortunately left his start the other night with a blister, but they think they caught it early enough. Um, but yeah, I, I think Otani. you know, you look at what he could do and, and how that sways voters. And, you know, I have a vote every year. I, I voted MVP a couple of years ago. I, I won't know what it's going to be. And so I don't, I don't bet on these things, but, um, you know, I think that is something that could sway the BBWA voters with him pitching and, and hitting and obviously, if they're going to run him out there like it looks like they are uh, once a week this year rather than his traditional Sunday start, it means he could get close to 30 starts. And, you know, if you produce ace-like volume and, uh, you know, hit 20 home runs, man, man, that, that's going to be tough for the voters not to look at if that Angels team can, can make the playoffs. Oh and
0: and that 's exactly it, like when you talk about wins above replacement, otani in in spring training, fourteen strikeouts in eight innings, so he's clearly making batters miss and I think you talk about his ability to hit i mean no one 's ever questioned that It was more about the pitching side and just the versatility and the dual threat is something that we 've never really seen, especially with this potential with Otani and if he has a huge year offensively and contributes a little bit on the pitching side, I mean, I think that's a very unique circumstance that could uh, work in his favor as far as narrative goes. Uh, You mentioned the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League and the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, you, you see that David Price is not even in their rotation. Tony Gonsolin's not even in the rotation. Those guys would be cornerstone pitchers for most teams around Major League Baseball. Is anyone going to compete with the Dodgers this year, both offensively defensively and pitching. This team is just completely stacked. Where do you see this going? Like, they're the heavy favorites to win the World Series, and rightfully so. Who do you think is their biggest threat?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to pick against the Dodgers, and they're the favorite for a reason. And that that amount of depth that they have, you mentioned the rotation depth there. Um, you know, they've got some... Some new position player depth too. Zach McKinstry is a name that probably nobody's heard, but I, I drafted him in one of my deep, deep fantasy leagues. So I'm kind of trying to toot my own horn and he's going to be their new <laughs> Enrique Hernandez type that moves all around the field. So he's a, he's a fun player to watch and added a bunch of power, um, over the last couple of years. But, um, look, I, I think when you look at realistically who could kind of threaten this team, it is, you know, the Yankees in the AL. And then, you know, the, the National League East, I think is the most intriguing division in baseball this year. And, and I looked at some of the futures there, um, in terms of World Series and I, I couldn't pick which team I liked the best. I really like the Braves. They were plus a thousand last time I looked. The, the Mets were right in that area, plus a thousand. You think about that Mets team and what they've done adding Frankie Lindor. They're going to get Syndergaard back in, in June or July, and that's obviously going to be a huge boost. Um, I think old friend Marcus Stroman is actually in line for a, a pretty good season. He's added a little bit of a splitter. He's got a bunch of pitches. Um, you know, he's he's heading off into free agency, which is always a big motivator for a guy like Strosho. Uh I, I think that team is is very very good, and I also think the Phillies are a little bit underrated. So when you look at that full division. Um, you know, there's there's probably a value play there. Uh, You know, do the Marlins kind of take another jump? They had a pretty good season last year. They've got a ton of young pitching talent coming too. So, you know, that's the division that that you look at as being a very competitive one, which led me to the to the St. Louis Cardinals because the National League Central is, is a little bit of the the exact opposite. When you look at you know the Cubs kind of tearing down a little bit. If they don't come into the gates hot, they're they're going to trade off a bunch of guys. And when you look at the Cincinnati Reds, I'm not really a believer there. They could have, they could trade Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo pretty quick. I think the Blue Jays will be, um, you know, in on those guys once they hit the market. The Brewers don't really do it for me. So to me, when I look at the Cardinals with their pitching depth, adding Nolan Arenado, um, you know, I think that's a very good division bet. And when you look at, uh, you know, the, the World Series, um, kind of competition for the Dodgers, it, it's got to come with their within their own division. The San Diego Padres, they load it up, and uh, you know I, I wouldn't want to bet them to win the division, but uh, to make the playoffs and then go through the the wild card system, um, you know that's definitely the second most talented team on paper in the National League.
0: Yeah, you talk about teams that have to go head to head with Bauer, Kershaw, and Bueller. I mean, ooh, that is a tough, tough pill to swallow if you're an opposing offense but that's probably what's what's going to be required if you're going to go all the way to the world series this year if you're in the national league scotty your final day before the season begins so rest up a 162 game slog is ahead and we can't wait to watch your terrific work on tsn and tsn 1050
1: all right, buddy. Appreciate it. Hope uh, hope people win some money. Hope people uh, kind of look at uh, look at some of those plays we've talked about because I feel like we, I feel like we got some winners in there. So uh, good luck, good luck, good luck with everything, man. We we need it. Don't
0: don't we ever don't we ever that is Scott Mitchell TSN Blue Jays reporter make sure to follow him on Twitter at Scotty Mitch TSN for all your Blue Jays and MLB updates and he includes some wagers for your perusal as well on the subject of wagers and winning ones. Harley Redlick, the sports law professor from Osgoode Hall, the man who has won millions off pro line, has been winning millions on the NCAA tournament. Okay, probably not millions, but he's been giving us some winning wagers week after week, and he's back for a final appearance before the Final Four kicks off this weekend. You can watch it all on TSN, and you can hear Harley Redlick join us next on The Edge. I don't envy those who have to make the promos for Raptors and Thunder games. Oh, two teams battling for postseason glory. Toronto Raptors have lost 12 of their last 13. And Oklahoma City, who is sitting most of his starting lineup in order to get a better draft pick. That is an enticing matchup. But I will be listening. Don't get me wrong. I will be listening on TSN 1050 tonight because... I'm a company man. Another company man is Harley Redlick. You know him from this show. You know him as a sports law gambling professor at Osgoode Hall. You know him as the man who has made millions on ProLine and has been banned by international sportsbooks worldwide. And if you've been following his wagers on this show over the last couple of weeks, you would have a lot more money. Let's welcome him in. It's Harley Redlick. What's up, man? I'm good, bud. How are you doing? Fantastic, doing very well, and I gotta say, my accounts are looking a lot more frothy these days thanks to you, my friend. Your NCAA wagers have been prophetic, and I'm sure they will continue as the Final Four rolls on beginning on Saturday. And let's get right into it with Gonzaga. They are the largest favorite in Final Four history. They have won every ncaa tournament game by at least 16 points this is a team that has played 30 games this season and has won by double digits in 29 of them they are 13 and a half point favorites against ucla
2: are we backing gonzaga harley that game is a pass aaron i generally like the underdogs and i take the value but gonzaga just looks too good that price is right I like one of the few bets I've gotten wrong in this tournament is I like Creighton as a value bet plus 13 and a half versus the Zags. And Creighton's at least as good as this UCLA team and Gonzaga blew them out. That's a big price, but it's the right price. It's probably a pass. Gonzaga's probably going to beat UCLA handily. Do I know if the final score is going to be 80 to 70 or 90 to 70? No but Gonzaga looks really, really, really good right now and seems to be rolling. I was impressed with my call on the Pac-12. They clearly exceeded all expectations. USC and Oregon State were good. UCLA was great, but it's hard to not see uh, Gonzaga beating them up pretty soundly. Again, whether it's by 10 or 15, is too tough to call. I'm going to pass on that game. So, yeah, you talk about,
0: or we talked about the Raptors and OKC, two teams that could very well be in the lottery this year. Looking at Gonzaga and watching the Suggs kid, who was fantastic last night, I mean, how do you even think about stopping him? And just this offense as a whole is just, Just absolutely nasty. So they are a 13-out point favorite against UCLA. That is the largest spread in Final Four history. The previous three largest spreads since 1985 were Duke minus 11 against Michigan State in 99. Then Louisville and North Carolina in the last 10 years or so were double-digit favorites as well. So Harley, let's look at the other side and let's talk about the All-Texas matchup where it's Baylor, who is a slight favorite over your squad, who you picked at the beginning of the tournament at plus 1,500 in Houston. Baylor minus four and a half. So if you were listening to this show and you bet on Houston, like I'm sure many people did, including myself, how do you approach this matchup? Do you look at a hedge, perhaps? Or are you just rolling with Houston all the way through?
2: I'm still rolling with Houston. I actually saw the line at five, and I'm going to give the Cougars plus five as a bet if you see them on your site at four and a half try to get to five, the line's going to move around that marker. The Cougars are still rolling or at least finding ways to win in advance. They're, again, well-coached by Samson. They're deep. They're the only team with seven players scoring double-digit points. They play D, they shoot threes, they get offensive rebounds. It's almost like rinse and repeat, those three things. If you can play defense, you can shoot threes, and you can get offensive rebounds, especially with depth. That's a great formula. Baylor's probably a slightly better team, but four and a half and especially five points is a lot of points. Houston looks good. I like them. I would continue to encourage betters to bet them. I would not lay off. I'm not a big fan of the hedge. My two uh, wagers that were doing really well that I gave you guys last week were Oregon State when they were playing Loyola Chicago, and I gave you guys – UCLA, when they were playing Alabama, they were both like seven-point underdogs. They were up six, seven points at the half. Most people love to lay off those bets and hedge for middles. Why bet the other side when your team is doing well and you like them? And had you followed my advice and not hedge, you would have won your bets whole as opposed to giving back a lot of your winnings. So I would not hedge. I still like Houston.
0: Harley Redlick is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at SharpEdgePicks, and you can watch all of the March Madness coverage on TSN starting on Saturday. So let's look at the odds to win the tournament, and I'm curious how you would recommend our audience approach betting this. So if you believe that Gonzaga is going to win the national championship, you can get them at about minus 250. I think that'll be a very popular wager. But Baylor's going off at plus 225, Houston at plus 500, UCLA at plus 1600. Would you advise the Audience to bet them at those numbers or bet them money line over the next two games, which could perhaps yield a larger return
2: uh, great question, and the answer is money line roll it um, the bet is Houston, so let's talk about the Houston they're five to one you said, which means they gotta win the tournament one in six times that's the math to uh, break even on your bet. they're about one in three. To beat Baylor, that's approximately what you're getting if you're talking about a a four-and-a-half, five-point dog. So just doing fractions, one-and-three times one-and-two in the finals would be your one-and-six. How are we getting Houston at one-and-two in the finals? If they're playing Gonzaga, which they're going to play over 90% of the time, you're going to get four-to-one on them in the finals. So the right play, especially if you like a team like Houston, is to bet them against Baylor, to win the game, you get almost 2-1 to one on your money, and then you take the whole amount you bet and roll it in the finals against Gonzaga where you're going to get like 4-1 to one on your money. The only way this kind of backfires is if UCLA pulls off uh, the miracle upset, and there's mm-hmm. such a small chance of that happening that the right play is to just roll the money. I don't like getting involved with props when there's only four teams left. They just take too much juice out of it, and you're usually better off rolling it. Harley, the NCAA
0: tournament is winding down, but Major League Baseball about to begin tomorrow. We talked with Scott Mitchell, our Blue Jays reporter, a little bit earlier about the Jays and the Yankees. It's Garrett Cole and Hunjin Ryu tomorrow, just after 1 o'clock. I understand that you have some season-long
2: props for our audience to provide. Lay them out for us, my friend. Okay, so number one, I would echo Scott Mitchell's sentiment. I would go even further. I embarrass this Blue Jays team. The Blue Jays are expected to win 87 and a half games. That seems to me to be way too high. Last year, they way outperformed expectations. And if you prorate them over 162 games, they only would have won 86 games. I know they added Springer and I know they added Simeon, but they didn't need to add hitters. They have offense. They do not have pitching. Ryu is solid. If he's healthy, he looked questionable if you remember in the playoffs. Pearson's a kid. He's unproven. They're going to watch him carefully. They're going to nurse him. He's a little bit injured. He's not going to log innings. After that, who do we have? Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, and Tanner Roark? They're almost the pitching equivalent of what Kevin Costner's character, Crash Davis, was in the movie Bo Durham. They're, well, lifelong, good reference. they're lifelong grinders, right? What, what do you want them to do? Chew up innings and not get crushed? That's 60% of your rotation. You can't win 88 games in Major League Baseball just bludgeoning teams 10 to 4 night in and night out you need pitching we don't have it we lost our closer we don't have a bullpen you add it all up and again adding two hitters to our lineup was nice gravy but we need rogers to spend the money on the meat and potatoes of solid front end pitching
0: come on rogers let's go spend some money (sighs) it's <sighs> looking like a true. It's looking like a true Bell employee here, Harley. Um, um,
2: I, I, I'm just. The truth is, I'm just a Blue Jays fan. I want the Blue Jays to win a hundred games every year. I think that what the Dodgers are doing is right. You spend the money and you build an awesome franchise. Uh, Shapiro comes from a small market in Cleveland, but this is not a small market. This is the biggest market in baseball by far. There's 40 million people in Canada glued in watching or listening on radio, you got a bigger market share than the Yankees. you just got to act like that and spend the money. I well, do have hope... one... Oh, sure, Sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. Your last no, one. Go no, ahead. No. I just do have one value bet uh, to win the World Series I wanted to throw to your listeners. Please, let's hear it. The Astros at 18-1 to 1 to win the World Series. Besides Billy Beans, Gritty, Oakland A's, if they're playing in a weak division. As you know, that's essential. Major League Baseball is going back to the old format where if you don't win your division, you've got to play in the one-game wild card. So weak divisions are, help, are helpful. The Astros, unlike the Blue Jays, have a solid, deep starting rotation, even without Verlander. They got Greinke, Odorizzi, Javier, and McCullers. They lost the World Series in seven games the last time we had a normal season in 2019. They're bringing back Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Guerriel, and Brantley. Five key pieces from that team in the lineup. Solid pitching. Solid hitting, weak division, experienced team. Getting all that at 18-1 to is good value, and I like their chances a lot more than the Blue Jays, and they've got a slightly uh, higher odds to win the World Series. You heard
0: him. He is Harley Redlick. You can follow him on Twitter, at SharpEdgePicks. He's been banned by international sportsbooks worldwide, but you will never be banned by this radio show, Harley. We love you, we love your appearances, and we thank you for doing this.
2: Thanks for having me on, Aaron. Good luck with your bets. Enjoy the Raptors' uh, OKC game tonight. Guaranteed
0: win night. Guaranteed win night for the Toronto Raptors, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Take care. All right. That is Harley Redlick. And, yes, the Raptors. It's guaranteed win night for the Toronto Raptors. As bad as they have been, losers of 12 of their past 13 games. They lost to Detroit three times in the past month. Detroit is an atrocious basketball team, but nothing Compares to what we will see from Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. They are playing nobody. Their starting center weighs less than Chris Boucher. And that's all I need to know about what's to come. On the subject of what's to come, Al's brother, the spokesman for Doer Jeans on Queen West, right, right by my condo. I walk by all the time. And that store has posters of his face all along the front of their store. Yes, it's drawing a lot of paparazzi, as you'd expect. Al's brother joins me next, and we open up Aaron's sportsbook for a second week in a row. That's next on the edge.
1: The first star! 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 star, Al's brother.
0: Here on The Edge on this Wednesday morning I'm Aaron Korolnik and I'm a little concerned about copyright infringement I don't know if i be receiving a call from Brian Hayes or Jeff O'Neill, Jamie McLennan Perhaps the grappler about playing the intro song to our next guest Of course it is Al's brother, a spokesman for Doer Jeans You know him from Al's brother's power rankings on Monday nights on Overdrive And he joins us here on The Edge this morning What's up AB, how are you?
3: I'm doing well, AK, doing well. I think it'll probably be the grappler who'll end up reaching out to you and uh, wringing your neck a little bit for that one, but I'll allow it. I'm happy to be on, happy to join the show once
0: again. All right, well, it's always great to have you, and let's not delay. Let's get into tonight's Leafs and Jets game, and you think about the – showdown between these two teams they played four times it's the Leafs have won twice and the Winnipeg Jets have won twice but the star of these games so far has been Connor Hellebuck a 921 save percentage in the four games between the Leafs and the Jets are you surprised to see the Leafs favored in this game tonight at minus 140 so a small favorite, but I think you know you look at the at the matchup Hellebuck's been the best player and I know you had him really high in your power rankings as far as best players in the North Division how do you handicap this one tonight?
3: Yeah, you know what? Like These have been just really good uh, matchups so far this season. I think three to four games have have also hit the over, but there's just been a lot of firepower. And and like you said, if, if it wasn't for Connor Hellebuck, I think the Leafs could have won a lot more of these games um if it 's Jack Campbell in that tonight which he 's supposed to go, I mean obviously we 'll have to wait and see when it comes to his health. But if he does get the night not Hutchinson, I think I would lean Toronto on the money line here uh they've played pretty well on the road this season they 're ten, four, and one uh, but ultimately, you know last time these two teams played. Matthews was just returning from his wrist injury and wasn't nearly a hundred percent. We're seeing signs of him kind of getting there again. I think, you know, he's shooting the puck a little more. He's taking those hard one timers again. So healthy Matthews who's becoming dangerous, I think bodes well for the Leafs' success and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, not miss on his shots. You know, last time hitting the post, going wide a couple of times and obviously getting robbed by Hellebuck. I'm not thinking Hellebuck can replicate you know, that success again uh, for like a third game in a row. So I think Toronto, um, the way that they're playing right now, kind of back to their winning ways. Uh, the offense is clicking again. Uh, hopefully the power play can get find some success too, but I'm thinking the Toronto money line is the way to go.
0: We're talking with Al's brother about the Leafs and the Jets tonight. The Leafs are minus 140 favorites. And some stats to illustrate what a weird kind of series it's been between the Leafs and the Jets, not only this season, but in years prior. The Leafs have won... Um, a number of games against the Jets. I mean, in re- in recent week, we're talking about the two and two uh, record this year. But the over has hit in seven of the past eight games in Winnipeg. Austin Matthews has scored two of th- in two of the three games. Uh, the last three games these two teams have played. So if you're looking at Matthews to score, he goes off at minus one fifteen, and that's a prop, Al's brother. I've been on all year. You think about the five-game goal is out Whenever Matthews doesn't score, I'm likely betting on it. When he does, I'm likely betting against it. So, let's get to the main event of this program. We invited Bruce Arthur into this last week, and congratulations to you, sir. Your invitation has been extended, and let's do it. Hey, that Aaron Korolnik guy, he's a hell of a handicapper, huh? He's so good, he could change the odds of any bookmaker in the world. His numbers were so sharp, we gave him his own sports book. This is Aaron's sports book. Alice Brother, just for you, when you enter the sports book, the drinks are free. And I know you require many a drink when you're watching sports, just like any red-blooded Canadian male who likes to dig in and watch the Leafs and the Jets, which we'll be doing this evening. So the Aaron Sportsbook works like this. I set lines on things that don't actually have lines. And you can't actually bet on, but if you could, this is how it would stack up. And let's begin with the April 12th NHL trade deadline. The Toronto Maple Leafs, their goaltending situation is a tad ambiguous. We don't know the, standard, the, the status of Frederick Anderson. Jack Campbell, we believe, will start tonight, but we have not been confirmed of that to this point. Will the Maple Leafs trade for a goaltender before the deadline? Yes is minus 140. No is plus 110. What say you, Al's brother? Um... I'm going to take the value here and, and
3: go with the plus money and say no, just because I just don't see where you're going to go out and get a goaltender from, you know, goalies don't typically get traded at the deadline, um uh, you know, on a regular basis here and what goalies are out there that are available, you know, and if you do, you're really just kind of bolstering that depth, somebody in the Michael Hutchinson range and, uh, you know, maybe a Jonathan Bernier might be out there for Detroit. He could, Possibly be an option if the Leafs want to reunite with him, but you know I think there's some other teams that would bid a little bit more than the Leafs would be willing to. I think goaltenders a little lower on their their pecking order when it comes to um, needs. So when they're going through their tra- their draft or trade process, I don't know if they're going to be calling too many goalies. I think Aaron Dell maybe they can try and bring him back from the Devils. They might be looking to move him and get something out of uh, out of him. Anton Forsberg perhaps someone in the Canadian division. So might not have to do any quarantining. Um, if Ottawa decides to, to let go of him with Matt Murray getting back. You know, I, I just there's a couple of players out there that maybe they could make a move for, make a splash for, but ultimately I don't I don't see them getting another goaltender. I think they go with uh, hope that Anderson gets healthy, hope that Campbell can stay healthy, and then Hutchinson will be that number three guy.
0: That's a risky proposition, Al's brother. You think about what happened to the Colorado Avalanche last year in the playoffs, goaltenders going down seemingly day after day, and I think the Leafs will trade for a goalie. I think Frederick Anderson's situation is a little bit tenuous at this moment. You talked about Jonathan Bernier, who's fifth on TSN's trade bait list. Devin Dubnik is 16th. I think it's worthwhile to extend some capital, whether it's prospect capital or draft capital, just to solidify that position because I think we can all agree at this point in time, the Leafs goaltending is anything but solid. Let's move to the Buffalo Sabres who've lost a thousand games in a row. They play the Flyers tonight, a team they probably should have beaten when they played on Tuesday night, or sorry, on Monday night. Um, Of course, blowing that three-goal lead in the third period. The Flyers are minus 200 to beat the Sabres tonight, so if you like the Sabres to break out the streak, you get them about plus 160 Will the Buffalo Sabres get a first-round pick in exchange for Taylor Hall? Aaron Sportsbook has no as the favorite at minus 175. Yes is plus 125. Al's brother? I'm going with the
3: favorites. I'm going to say no on this one. Like, Taylor Hall is a terrific player, but he's got, what, two goals on the year? Like, that's just not a guy I'm willing to spend a first-round pick on. I know that the talent is there, and, you know, he's been a, a former MVP but I also just think about if someone was willing to give up a first round for Taylor Hall, I think Buffalo would have accepted that offer by now. So I just don't think that's there. You know, we've we've heard reports from Pierre and the insiders saying, you know, they're starting to soften on that first round pick, ask. Um, and, and I think ultimately that's the reason they're doing that is because no one's willing to give up a first round pick for him. It's a pure rental as well. Um, I'm thinking the teams that I'm kind of eyeing and circling are – are Colorado, St. Louis, and Boston are the three teams, I think, who would be most likely to acquire his services. And I just don't see either of them giving up a first-rounder on Taylor Hall the way that he's playing right now.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think you could maybe see a second and a lower-level prospect, but to give up a first-round pick. I will say, though, this draft is a very unique one because – we haven't seen the players play in their normal course of action this has not been a very normal season by any stretch so the evaluation of the prospects i think is going to be a lot different and that might reduce the value of first round picks yeah i
3: i've actually i've read a couple of a uh, couple articles about that how first round picks may not be as you know, valuable this season, especially later picks, because of how much of a you know, the draft is already a crapshoot. But how much of a crapshoot it's going to be this year specifically, in that you know picks 20 to, to 50 range. And if you're giving up, you know, a second or or a late first, it may not be as you know big of a deal as it is in a normal year. So I don't know. Maybe as you get to the deadline, one of these teams get desperate and do give it up. But I think it's unlikely at
0: this point. Al's brother, let's conclude Aaron's sportsbook with this, this prop. Austin Matthews, he and the Leafs, back in action tonight. Matthews leading the NHL with 23 goals. Connor McDavid has 21. Miko Rantan has been on fire. He's got 20 for the Colorado Avalanche. Matthews is listed at minus 120 to win the Rocket. The Field also listed at minus 120. That's right. We take some juice on Aaron's sportsbook. Which side would you back, Matthews or the Field? Oh man, it's
3: so difficult and I mean, it makes sense that they get the same odds here. Uh, I want to say Matthews just because, you know, how unreal he is, but like the field is probably the safer bet just because you got a couple of guys who you could kind of ride the back on, you know, Connor McDavid. I think this guy can turn it on and score at will every night. You know, like he, he's not just a playmaker. He's a scorer as well. Miko Rantanen is playing out of his mind right now. And, uh, you know, Leon dry is another guy who's up there. I think he's got 18 or 19 goals himself who could definitely go on a run here. So I'm going to take the field based on value, but I wouldn't be surprised If Austin Matthews runs runs away with it, he is looking healthier again uh, as of late. So you know maybe because of recency bias, the fact that he hasn't been scoring at will like he was earlier in the year could be influencing this one. But uh, it'll be a good race, be a really good race.
0: Yeah, at least do have two games in hand on Edmonton. I think when you're making a look at this, you're looking at this wager. You also need to take into account like Matthews could get hurt, and then you're going to lose because all these guys behind him. Um, are going to be able to catch up, and, and in spite of the games in hand, you talk about McDavid and Dreissel, even even Alexander Ovechkin has been red hot for Washington, oh, yeah. and he could easily rip off a couple, two, three goal games, and he could be right in the thick of this race to win the Rocket for like the 30th time in his career. Dude is insane. Wouldn't even shock me.
3: Let's not sleep on Carter Verhage, who's got 17 goals out in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> crazy he's out an unreal year former ice dog i really like watching him, right. junior and that's right. seeing him succeed former leaf as well
0: well als brother i love seeing you succeed in your prominent role on national television on overdrive love having you as part of our show as always we'll be watching for you on overdrive this evening and hopefully you get called in and maybe analyze your golf swing left-handed versus right-handed i think that's something i'd be interested in seeing
3: it's absolutely trash, I'll tell you that right now. I need uh I need probably a year's worth of lessons at the range to even come close to be able to uh hit the actual course. So okay, just well, to show you how bad when, I when <laughs> when
0: you get to that point, you and I, we will hit the links together. Thank you, my friend. Sounds good, AK. Thanks a lot. All right, that is Al's brother from Overdrive Fame, of course, doer jeans. His primary sponsor. That's right. Al's brother is sponsored. Good for him. No sponsor for this show. Just saying. We are open for business. I am Aaron Karolnik. We'll wrap things up on The Edge next.
1: Waterman Sugar High.
0: Wrapping things up on the edge on this Wednesday morning here on TSN 1050. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Anywhere you can find podcasts, namely iTunes, Spotify. We are in close competition with Bill Simmons' podcasts. Just goes one, two, one, two. Who's going to emerge emerge victorious? It's up to you, audience. Thank you for your patronage. And on the subject of patronage, I've been back in the Buffalo Sabres. For about the last four or five games, I keep thinking this has to be the night. They can't lose every game from here on out. Well, I think they might. That's not good, eh? It's not good, Phil. That's 18, <laughs> 18 in a row, and they host the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Philadelphia is almost as bad as Buffalo recently. I think they're 5 and 15 in their last 20. They've been just atrocious. Carter Hart has been told to basically sit down and and figure out his life cuz he's been awful. They were down 3-0 to Buffalo in the third period. They came back and won in overtime. But you heard it here first. Tonight is the night, and a lot of it has to do with Linus Allmark, who's a net for Buffalo, who's a huge upgrade on Carter Hutton and Jonas Johansson and Tekarski, who they were running out during the 18-game streak. Take Buffalo tonight. They're going to get it done at home, and the losing streak will end at the hands of the Philadelphia Flyers. We also have the Jets and the Maple Leafs tonight. The Leafs are slightly favored over Winnipeg, and we know it's 2 Versus two, as far as wins and losses go, for the for the Leafs against the Jets this year. And finally, the Toronto Raptors are eight point favorites. That's right, the Raptors, losers of 12 of their past 13 games, are eight point favorites against the team in the OKC Thunder, who in their last six games have lost by an average of 18.8 points. That's right, almost 19 points per game. OKC is losing by since. The trade deadline. That's not good. Expect a big bounce back for the Raps, and hopefully a new narrative because right now the subject of tanking and the Raptors not one I particularly enjoy. I do enjoy bringing this show to you every week. My name is Aaron Karolnik. Thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to Chris Diavero, 20 Fingers Behind the Glass for his terrific work as always. We will be back next Wednesday for a special Masters preview. That's right, the Masters is next week. I am so excited. I'm excited to chat with you then about. Augusta National, everyone and every of the top competitors at the tournament. I can't wait. I'm so excited I can barely speak now. That's right. I've used up all my words. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks for listening.